What if healing cancer didn't have to be so overwhelming and confusing? What if you could access a higher level of consciousness to accelerate healing? And what if you had a clear roadmap to follow, a path to lead you out of the fear and uncertainty? Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Deming. As an oncologist who's cared for thousands of patients, let me guide you safely through the fog. My Six Pillars of Healing Cancer workshop series is now available, and it's not too late to join. Choose from a range of powerful workshops, each designed to support your healing journey, covering nutrition, emotional well-being, hydration, physical practices, the mind-body connection, and spirituality. Select only the workshops that align with you, or for a limited time, buy the entire bundle and enjoy significant savings. Don't miss this proven holistic roadmap to clarity and deep inner calm to support your healing process. Check the link in this episode's description to learn more and sign up today. Remember, you've got this. You're listening to the Born to Heal podcast with Dr. Katie Deming. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the risk or danger of second-guessing your decisions. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome. This episode, I'm talking about the danger of second-guessing your decisions and This has come up actually both in my personal life and then also in my um, professional life of with my patients. And so I wanted to share this um, just so that we can have a discussion about the potential pitfalls and risks of second guessing decisions that you've made. And so the one way that this is coming up for me in my personal life is we are in the middle of selling our home. And so... Through that process, anyone who's sold a home can remember it's like you have these decisions where you have maybe an offer coming in and there's like some negotiation that's going on behind the scenes. And we've been having those discussions with our realtor as our house was listed last week. And, you know, um, we made a decision on Friday that was based on information that had come in. and, And then today, my husband was asking me, gosh, do you think like, should we have done this different or that different? And and I'm just not like that. Like once I make a decision, it's like, no, we're not going to go back and we're not going to rehash that decision. We're just going to make the best decisions moving forward. And so, and I could see that he was like getting all caught up in this. And, and there's so many moving dynamics, right? You've got lots of buyers and, you know, discussions happening and all this stuff. And so he was fixated on this one thing with this one buyer. And I realized that it was like really robbing him of his peace and had him kind of all up in his head and, and missing kind of the rest of the picture of everything that's happening. And, um, you know, so we had this discussion about, okay, when we make a decision, we're going to leave that decision and then we're not going to go back. We're not going to rehash that one. What we're going to do is say, okay, what do we do with um, the information that we have today based on the decisions that we made yesterday or the day before or whatever it is, right? And so if you look at really great leaders they operate like this. Leaders can make decisions and then they don't look back. They move forward and then they adjust 
based on the information that comes after that. But you can waste a lot of your own energy and really um, sacrifice your peace by going back and, you know, kind of second guessing and, and rehashing stuff. So um, anyway, in the clinic, I had another example of this that was very, very similar, um, but different, obviously, because it related to um, one of my patients' experience with their radiation and their cancer. And what had happened was last week and then this week, this particular patient had asked me questions that um, the first one was, and we had already started, so we had had long discussion when I first met her about that radiation was recommended. And then I explained the side effects and the risks associated with this kind of radiation. And um, one of the things that we discussed was that after a mastectomy, the skin reaction or the, the redness of the skin or potential burning can be worse for women who are having radiation after a mastectomy versus after a lumpectomy, which is just a smaller surgery where the whole breast is not removed. And so I had explained that to her, but then I had was explaining it because I said, the good news is that I actually don't think you're going to have that bad skin reaction because there's new data that suggests we don't have to have give the skin as high of a dose. And there's some technical things that we can do differently. And so, and if there's any, you know, people who are being treated for breast cancer, this has to do with using bolus um, in the setting of uh, post-mastectomy radiation. And there's recent data suggesting that you don't need to use bolus. And bolus is used to build the skin up to the uh, build the dose up to the skin. And so anyway, so I was explaining this to her to say I didn't think that her skin reaction was going to be as bad, and that. Um, you know, I thought that she was going to do quite well. And we were doing some adjustments to make sure that the tissues were going to be healthy after this, and that if she wanted reconstruction, that it would all um, go smoothly. Because my goal is to make sure that I control the cancer and also preserve the healthy tissues and make sure that people have the best cosmetic outcome, especially when we're talking about breast cancer and people have reconstruction or, you know, we want the breast to look good at the end of this. And, and that's my goal. My goal is to control cancer and have people really happy with the uh, way their cosmetic result turns out. So anyway, so we had that conversation. And then the next week, which was last week, her first week of treatment, um, she was really asking about the number of treatments and, and whether like she needed all the treatments. And so we had a conversation about that and explained that with radiation, actually, and this may be something that most people don't know, is that with radiation, the doses that are determined are based on the radiobiology of the tumor itself, and that you actually need to give the full dose that is recommended. And if you don't, if you stop early with radiation, I'm not talking about chemo, but I'm talking about with radiation, if you stop early, what happens is you don't get the benefit of controlling the tumor and what you do get is all the side effects. So stopping a course of radiation early is like the worst case scenario because you've bought side effects from the treatment and you haven't gotten the control of the tumor. So I'm always really cautious to explain that to people ahead of time. And anyway, after she had started radiation, she was wanting to know if she needed the full dose. So I had explained that, that like, you know, the number of treatments is really determined based on studies of radiobiology and thousands and thousands of women and that this is the recommended dose and, and this is why I had chosen it. And 
And she seemed, um, you know, satisfied with that answer last week. But then when I saw her again this week, she asked a different, she asked almost the same question in a different way, but was asking like, could we do a scan in the middle of the radiation to see if she could stop early? And so I stopped and I said, you know what? I want to know what you're thinking. Like something's going on under the surface here that is leading you to ask these questions. You know, you asked the one question last week about the number of treatments. And then this week we're asking about scan to stop the treatments. And so I'm wondering like, what is it that really has you worried? And and what is it that I can answer to kind of help um, get at what's what's under the surface here? And so she explained, which I appreciated so much. She explained to me that during our um, meeting where I explained that ra- women who have radiation after a mastectomy can have a really bad skin reaction that she got really scared because she was thinking, well, chemo was the hard part and radiation was just supposed to be a breeze and super easy. And here I had explained that um, women who have radiation after mastectomy can have, you know, pretty bad skin reactions. And the interesting thing was, is that I was explaining it in the context of that I didn't think she was going to have that because the new data showed that we could change the technique and I was super excited. But it's funny how like what I you know, convey and what's perceived on the other side is not the same, right? She's all of a sudden like, wait, nobody said that radiation might be hard. And so she got really freaked out by this conversation, but didn't say it at the time, I think because she was just processing, right? And then the next week, she starts asking these kind of questions that are coming at it in different ways, you know, but it was... uh you know, I knew there was something that was going on under the surface. So it was nice because she and I were able to have this conversation and I was able to explain that, you know, I was actually excited that she wasn't going to have a a reaction like that because of the technique that I was doing. And all she heard was that there was this possibility of this bad skin reaction. And so, and then I re-explained the whole concept of why we don't stop radiation early, and that's why we wouldn't do a scan in the middle. And then the other piece of this is that with radiation or chemotherapy, we don't ever scan in the middle because you need a certain, let's just take radiation specifically. With radiation, you actually need the full dose, like I just said, but then you actually don't see the results on scans until like eight to 12 weeks after the radiation finishes, because what radiation does is that it causes damage to the DNA of the cells, but then it's not until those cells die, which is often not in time till they go to divide the next time, which could be like six, eight, whatever, 12 weeks down the road. So you don't see the effects on a scan until much, much down the road. So I was explaining that to her and then I explained the whole idea of stopping radiation early again. And, um, one of the things that came up in this and that I realized, and this is like, she is not the only one. I see this with other patients is that once she had made the decision to do the radiation, she was in it, right? But when she started second guessing, and now it's been a couple of weeks, right? So, you know, several weeks into treatment, she's been torturing herself every day 
being like, is this the right decision? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should, maybe, you know, just back and forth. And I could see it in her eyes when I was talking to her on Friday. And, you know, she started crying. She was just like, I just feel really scared. And then, you know, I had this kind of worry that, oh my gosh, maybe I I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe this is not the right thing. Maybe, you know, and then she has other people in her life who love her. And we've talked about this on other episodes. It's like the people in her lives who love us. Then when you express your concern, then they come in and they're like, well, maybe you shouldn't need that. And like, then they start giving advice that actually they know nothing about, right? In terms of like the biology of radiation and and what is needed there. And so all of a sudden she has in her mind, her questions, and then she has other people who are amplifying that and saying, well, you should go do this and you should go seek this and you should... and. None of the things that they're recommending are like, maybe you should just go back to your doctor and like talk back through this again so that you really understand it. And so it was so good that we were able to kind of get at that during her last visit and talk about it. But one of the things that I realized that is really important for people to understand is that I don't care what decision you make, when you make a treatment decision, it is really important to then get yourself on board with that treatment. And I'll explain this from like the perspective of the placebo effect. So you've probably heard of the placebo effect, which is in studies, we give people in, if they're randomized to a study drug, one group will get the study drug. And then oftentimes another group will get a placebo, which is a sugar pill, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a certain percentage of the people who get the sugar pill who actually get benefit, like as if they had been taking treatment. And it's because what you believe the treatment is going to do for you impacts how your body responds. And this is actually part of, it plays into this as well as like when people trust their doctor, they have better outcomes. There are studies that look at this when people have doctors that they trust their body responds differently to the treatment. And so when you make a decision and then you are constantly, every day while you're getting that decision, you're thinking, oh my gosh, this may be the wrong treatment. I shouldn't be doing this. Should I be doing this? And like just this back and forth, back and forth, not only are you exhausting yourself emotionally and tiring your brain with all of this activity, you're also potentially impacting the way your body is responding to the treatment. And I am not saying in this that every treatment you start, you should just blindly continue forever. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you commit, like, so for example, you know, in my field, someone commits to having a course of radiation, that is something that is a defined course and that the plan is when you decide to start it, you're going to complete it. Of course, unless there's like, you know, something that happens that it's really not right for you. And then of course you can make the decision to stop, but there's risks associated with that. And then the same thing, if you were doing some other treatment, it's like when you, um, agree to a specific course, once you make that decision, kind of getting your head in the game. And I think that's the best way to describe this is that I want you, once you make a decision, to get your head in the game. Because what you believe about the treatment does impact how your body responds. And what we want is we want the most benefit from any treatment that we deliver. 
And so what I talked about with this particular patient was how to manage her mind when these questions came up. Like, what does that mean when she starts to question? It doesn't mean that she's doing the wrong treatment, right? Sometimes we like buy into our thoughts to be like, oh, that's like, you know, true because I just had the thought. No, I talked about this on the fear episode. Our brains, the most primitive portion of our brains are designed to look for danger, okay? So your brain is designed to say, hey, wait, maybe this is not the right treatment, right? But once you've made a decision, the way that you can keep yourself on track is just to recognize that and be like, oh, my brain's doing its job. (laughs) It's pointing out the potential risks. But remember, we're not like primitive reptiles. We are human beings with prefrontal cortexes that can override those reflexes of our primitive brain. And so your job is to thank your brain for doing an amazing job and reminding it that you've made the decision to do this treatment and you want to focus on getting the absolute best results from that treatment and imagining that that treatment is shrinking the cancer, is healing your body, whatever it is that is most um, helpful for you to imagine of the benefits. But that is a very different state than if you're constantly worried and wondering and thinking this treatment is bad, that's a placebo effect too. It's called the nocebo effect. When you believe something might be harming you, you may be increasing that because there are studies that show when people think they're taking something that's going to harm them, even when it's a sugar pill, it does harm them, right? Same thing as the placebo, but the reverse. So I really, (laughs) I really want people to understand this, that when you're in treatment, your mind, your mental game matters as much as the physical treatment that you're having. And I know this from, I was an athlete um, in both college, I dove division one, and then I was a triathlete for a period um, and actually dropped out of school for like six months to train for um, world championships in New Zealand in 1994. And when I was training, so I trained at the uh, U.S. Olympic Training Center for triathlon, and we had sports psychologists. And I just remember, and actually, I was a new athlete, so I had been, I was relatively new to the sport and had kind of made it onto this team unexpectedly very early in my career. And I remember them telling me, they're like, you're you know, a new athlete, your body is going to learn these things. The most important thing that you can do is train your mental game and really believe that you can do this. And the same things that I learned in sports psychology, now that I understand like the placebo effect and, you know, the biology of our belief in epigenetics and how what we think affect our physical health I realized that all of those things that I learned as an athlete apply here. And so I want you to get your head in the game, whatever it is that you're doing. And yes, there's going to be periods where you make decisions, but once you make decisions, you really get in whatever it is that you've decided to do, and you mentally imagine the best outcome for that treatment. So that's what I wanted to share this week. I hope all of you are doing well, and I look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Okay, take care. 
Hey, this is Dr. Katie Deming, and thank you for listening to the Born to Heal podcast. If you've gotten value from today's episode, I'd love for you to share it with your friends and loved ones. Help me create more impact around the world. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram or Facebook and visit katiedeming.com for more information on how to work with me.